beer crack sound. <laughs> That's the first time I've done that one. Uh, hey, everybody, this is the Blue Collar Philosophers podcast, and I am your favorite of the two Blue Collar Philosophers, Biker Mike. <laughs> Uh, and Devin is not here to defend himself, so he is replaced today. <laughs> uh, today we have a special guest, the specialist of guests, uh, my beautiful, badass wife, Amanda. Hello, everybody. This is the very first attempt we've done of recording, because uh, we can hear our kids scurrying around, so... <laughs> <laughs> like little mice. <laughs> little mice. Uh yeah, we realized, well, I realized I didn't record anything last week. Uh, we kind of had a very busy weekend, so we weren't able to uh, pre-record anything. So we are pretty much going to record and release this immediately. And so the whole world gets to hear a very unready, unphilosophically uh, inspired <laughs> podcast. Just my wife and I shooting the shit. But still just as intriguing. Just as intriguing. <laughs> Uh, we had a glorious weekend. Um, well, <laughs> glorious for what it was. It was a great weekend. It was for a what great it was. weekend yeah. for what it was. Uh, a lot of emotions, a lot of, um, a lot of family. So it was, it was very good. Uh, so we had to go down South, uh, as I think I've told everybody that we had to go down for a funeral and my beautiful wife, um, <laughs> She, uh, we were trying to organize these rides to make it so it's absolutely as easy as possible for everyone to, that who wants to go can go without any inconvenience. So we're lining up vehicles and, and, and times to leave and just everything, all the, the little things that go into planning a trip. Well, the person who was going to ride with us didn't want to be... Well, the, yeah, it turned out we would be going just the two of us down on this road trip. Mm-hmm. So. So from Fort St. John to Chilliwack in uh, mid-September, um, and if you're from Fort St. John, that's a risk. <laughs> Fall is coming, man. Fall is coming. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's still summer. I'm like, well, technically it's still summer, but in Fort St. John, uh, we could get snow any day now, and it did get cold enough at one point in the Pine Pass that... We, we could have got snow. We really could have. I think at the, the three degree mark in the Pine Pass, you can totally It wasn't get three snow. degrees in the Pine Pass, was it? At some points it were. Oh, I didn't see it then. Yeah. I just saw the three degrees when we were closer to home. Yeah. But it wasn't even 9 p.m. yet, so I knew it was going to freeze in the night. Yeah. So we left Port St. John. Uh, it was six degrees on Thursday... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thursday morning we left at about 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. That means we're up at 4.30, and we were up very late the night before because... We went to bed after midnight, probably we were, just after midnight, but basically we were going to bed, and I was like, <laughs> we're basically just having a nap. Yeah. And that's what it felt like because it took me a while. I didn't even fall asleep right away, and then our alarms were for 4.30, so... Mm-hmm. It was a tired one. Well, we're trying to get every little thing ready to go... This is probably like a lady problem, but ladies, if there's any of you that even listen. There's like two. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> um, like my mother-in-law was coming to watch the kids, so I can't just take care of myself and pack and worry about me. Like I have to like somewhat make sure the house is decent so she doesn't feel like I'm a total slob. <laughs> um, 
Wait. And you know that I can take care of my family just fine and dandy. So there's lots of like trying to make things nice and well. There's a lot of pressure that girls put on themselves, like moms put on themselves of oh my mother-in-law or oh my mother or family or coming. I need to make sure that the house is in uh, high presentation status. And every single person I ever meet, when they're we're like sorry about the mess, they're like you have four kids. Don't worry about it. Like. <laughs> That's true. It, and, but it's, People are very it, gracious, but it doesn't are. mean that I... But do you go into houses with that many children and when it's that messy or, or just a little a little similar to ours, do you think negatively of those people? Mm, no, not most of the time. Not most of the time. If it, there's, there's a way for it to get out of hand. Clutter, I totally get because you can never organize when you're constantly being interrupted. Yes. Um, I mean, you can organized it's just a lot slower of a process but why um, not why not extend the same level of grace and mercy that you have for them as you do to yourself because it's not my house and i don't know what their life is like yeah and you know what your life is like so you're i know like, what my I, life is like and i'm I like should handle i don't my... truly have any really great excuses except i have four kids yeah which I, sometimes doesn't feel like a good enough excuse i think it's a pretty good excuse <laughs> all right so we found out um Back to the story. We found out that we could, you know, just go Amanda and I. And it was going to be a great time. I'm like, okay, cool. I even lined up a board on a, uh, my mother's vehicle to use while we went down just to have wheels while we were down there. And Amanda, and this is Amanda's idea, Cars not are boring. Mine. Cars are boring. Let's go, on, let's go on a bike. Let's go on the bike. So I've got a motorcycle, of course, as you guys all know. Um, and... She she's like, let's go on the bike, and I'm like, we can't we can't take mine. We cannot take my motorcycle. I would love to. It's a great bike, but I need tires, and they won't be here in time. There's no way to order them, get them no, on time. There wasn't really a timeline. For uh, that. My fork seals are gone, so there's that problem. So it won't handle as good. So the extra weight of having our stuff plus another person, it just wasn't going to work with my bike. And she's like, and she's like, oh, okay. Will somebody lend us a motorcycle? <laughs> when you know people, you know people. And I knew that we knew people. So it's just a matter of which person is willing. So the first person I, I called. Mean, worst case, I knew that there might not be people that have bikes that are still road ready at the end of summer mm-hmm. and are willing to give it up. But we know enough people with motorcycles and they all love us. And they know that I'm not a crazy rider when you're on the back. More so when you're on the back. I don't feel like I'm yeah. as nuts. Because I can be uh, kind of reckless sometimes. But you also don't have a history of crashing or no tipping your bike over like other people we know. Yeah, we know people who have had a plethora of horrible incidences on a motorcycle and they just keep trucking and we're like, kudos, keep going. But <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not riding on the back, <laughs> or you're not, I guess, uh, for those trips. So yeah, so Amanda's like, hey, let's take a bike call buddy up he's like yeah you could totally use it it's fine and it's a big bike it was a big touring bike mm-hmm. heated seats heated grips uh plugins for the heated vests uh a trunk saddlebags like the whole nine yards even a, a saddle uh, a luggage rack on the back if you need to strap anything to it so it was a big boy bike and a lot of cc's so yeah we lined up a bike picked it up the night before, uh, loaded as much stuff as we could into it, and 
took a we took a nap. Uh, getting ready. Sorry, I got a text. I'm gonna make sure it's not important. Okay. Um, and so we hop on the bike at four five o'clock in the morning. You're fatigued. It happens because we're leaving super early. And we also didn't drink coffee right away. So. We did not. We went to Chetwin. And it was six degrees when we left. So it was mm-hmm. not warm. And and some people out there are like, six degrees, that's not bad. No, six degrees. Think of wind chill. If it's minus five and there's a slight wind, it turns into minus 10 really quick. It's the same on a motorcycle. So as cold as it might be, it turns around and makes it far worse. So it's going to feel colder than it actually is. And we felt it. It was cold. Uh, I had a set of heated gloves for you to wear. And yep. I had the heated... We didn't even plug in our heated vest right away. We we're like, oh, no, we're fine. No, we didn't. We forgot. So we get to the end of the Braden and we, we plug them in and we got stuck um, with construction that was happening almost immediately. And that was at, we'll say, 5.45 in the morning that, that we hit that. And we hit Chetwin finally get a cup of coffee, start warming up a little bit, and then we hit the road to Prince George, fuel up. We ate in Prince George. Oh, yeah, we ate in Prince George. Really got to warm up there. A uh, few few more cups of coffee. Lots of coffee. Um, I mean, I don't think it was that much because we got s- the first place we, oh, it was just small coffees. And then, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess it was some coffee. And then coffee, I had three cups of coffee at the, at the diner, at the uh, restaurant there. Oh, and so, yeah, I drink, I, I like drinking coffee. Well, we were pretty cold too. Yeah, we were cold, so we were using the mugs to heat us up. And then from there, we hit a little bit of rain uh, outside of Quinell. We took a nap in Quinell because, again, very tired. Well, I didn't actually sleep. I was tired, though, because I couldn't keep my eyes open on the bike. So I was like, we have to rest. Mm-hmm. And Mike's been nursing a back injury. So I was like, you're going to lay on the grass whether you like it or not. Yeah. That was your, your you need this. You, I need, I'll, I'll yeah. take a nap because you need to rest your back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I rest my back. I guess I was grappling the weekend before and Buddy... I shot in for a single leg and he dropped all his weight into me and he outweighed me by a hundred pounds and I felt it. I was hurting something fierce. Yeah, you were a little crooked. I was a little crooked. I'm doing better now. So I'm happy that I'll be able to get back into it and uh, yeah, hopefully do well in the tournament coming up. Uh, So we get to Quinell and then we keep going and keep riding and keep riding and keep riding. It felt like forever. After Quinell just felt like it was just dragging on and then we get some horrible construction lots of wild well not lots we had a bit of wildlife um on the way down two black way down, bears two black bears and some goats some mountain goats some mountain goats yeah i yeah. think i saw a falcon or two i think i saw a deer at least one i know i saw one deer yeah um <laughs> was it dead <laughs> there was some there that was were dead the there were a couple uh so yeah it was a good uneventful trip and as you guys know you don't want an exciting road trip because exciting means something happened and usually it's negative and you have to work it out and we were very happy that we got down there not in the best time oh, no that our timing was long because we stopped more than mm. we might on a, and on a we vehicle got, but we got rain we got rained hard uh, just before 100 mile house it was sprinkling we put our extra layers on yeah. at 100 mile because we had taken them off. And we looked and we're like, oh, that's not going to be that there bad. There was a big cloud and I was like, mm, I'd rather be prepared. So yeah. we got 
plummeted with rain, which also turned into hail. Yep. And um, for those that don't ride ever, if it's just sprinkles and you have a face shield on, you actually just see raindrops, but you don't hear it like you do in a vehicle. Mm -hmm. But it has to really be pouring. And actually, you mostly just see the water. But hail starts to ping off your <laughs> plastic windshield. So and it's I a was... cool sound, but you're like, oh, man, it's it hurts because... And I wasn't wearing my face shield. Mike's face shield is tinted, so it's best for just sun. Yeah. And so he was just getting pelted. Just. Pelted. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we had to slow down to 90 and just really stay in the slow lane and endure and make sure that I wasn't in the ruts because the ruts were full of water. I, f I felt the bike hydroplane a little bit a couple times and I'm like, okay, I really well, got to slow down. From my angle, it looked like you were in the ruts and I'm like, why is he right in the water? It he was, was right in the middle of the road. It, it's a dark side. It's dark side. So the tire just kind of finds that spot and wants to stay in it. So it right. made it difficult. So dark side is when you put a car tire on the back. We are not liable for anything you do to your motorcycle just because you can put a car tire on the back doesn't mean you should. The bike we were on had that and we used it. I'm just, I'm avoiding Do your research, take here. your own risks. Yeah, every single um, video I've seen says don't do it. Everyone who's done it says I love it. So <laughs> they just, they have a better wear life than motorcycle tires. Motorcycle tires, you might get 10,000 kilometers and if you're putting on miles like some of the guys I know are, yeah, you you need to save money where you can, and car tires can do it. They're just not designed for motorcycles. So if you do it, it's your fault. And if you die, do not blame the philosophers. <laughs> just I'm, I'm just covering my ass. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, the the bike we had had dark side, and that does not track like a motorcycle tire. It's different. So we got pelted, and then there was road construction. And then we get stuck behind people without any passing lanes. And you're like, hey, man, just pass them. No, it is dark out. It is mountain roads. It is corners. There's, yeah, sometimes there's dark. nowhere to pass. And if you don't know the road, you don't pass. It's, it's, I got my wife on the back. I'm going to be the safest person in the world. So, well, within, within reason, reason of mm -hmm. being cool on a motorcycle. Yep. <laughs> It's, I don't know. It's really hard to be cool on some touring motorcycles because you're like, this is an old man bike. I, I'm glad True. it. I'm glad we took it, but I, I know for a fact that that it lacked a certain cool factor. The motor's cool. The sound was our. Well, I don't know. The sound got annoying after a while. Uh, but again, super grateful. Just I'm, I'm glad to be back on my bike. Yeah, I think it's the distance. Like. Yeah. There were a couple people, you know, coming home. That's like, oh, where are you guys off to? When we were in Williams Lake. Yeah. And we said, oh, we're coming from Chilliwack and we're going to Fort St. John. Um, back home to Fort St. John. And they're like, oh, that's a long way, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've always loved trips and road trips. And so. You do. Like, it's harder, yeah, on the bike. It takes more, like, endurance for your physical body, I guess. But, like. Even uh, my sister-in-law, I think it was, that said today, um, I saw her and she's like, is your butt sore from riding on the bike all day yesterday? And I'm like, no, actually, it feels it feels fine, which is probably largely to the fact that the seat was heated. And so as soon as I got cold, I could turn the seat on. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if my butt got cold. I, I have I, been told it's a very comfortable seat. I would also. <laughs> With that being said, I have no ass and uh, it's... <sighs> 
it hurt. It felt like a cramp, and I couldn't do anything about it sometimes, and so I'd have to work on techniques to um, <laughs> to, to remedy a <laughs> sore ass, and it sucked because I did not enjoy that. <laughs> but it was it was so much fun, and we got down there, stayed at a friend's house in Chilliwack, and uh, they were so gracious and kind with their time and, and just opening up their home to us and giving us a place to sleep and then getting to see family and... It was such a good time. And I got to take another motorcycle for a ride. And I love motorcycles. So if you just, if you ask me if I want to ride a bike, understand one, I can't pay to fix it if I break it. <laughs> I can't. I cannot no, do it's it. true. So if you offer, you understand you are taking upon the risk of me crashing it and or wrecking it. And I'm going to ride it like I ride mine. So a little fast, but still safe. I think we can say why we were down south. Mm-hmm. My grandpa had passed away, and so his funeral was on Saturday. Yeah. So we went down for the funeral. And we had some friends there. And, well, of course, so friends So not a great family. occasion to have to go down south, but the whole thing was still lovely. And it wasn't a tragic death. It wasn't like sibling, he was young. Sibling and, arguments and all, oh, but it was good. You ever notice that some people, and I, I include you in these some people, you revert back to your sibling, sibling rivalries that you had from adult, young adolescence, and you, you turn back into the person that you were from high. I'm pretty sure you see it when I'm with my brothers, too, and my sister. Yeah, to an extent. To I an would extent. say that we, like my siblings and I, were less physical. Yeah. But we dig each other with our words. Yeah. But I think we're also better at learning when to stop. Yeah. So it's not like we don't never push each other's buttons a little bit too far, but we're pretty good at then like dropping it. Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. you would be able to know better. Well, you know, I don't. Like, I, I think you guys go too far sometimes, but if you guys are good. We do, but I think we're pretty quick to like... Uh, to forgive anyways. Forgive. Like we might still but, talk but about it later. <laughs> if you're wrong and you find out that you're wrong, you're not quick to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You were like, well, I guess that happened. Well, I'm never and wrong, you so <laughs> it's my siblings that are wrong. We were talking about <laughs> genetics a while ago and the variance of people and everything. And so we're trying to explain the percentage that you share with siblings and uh and we're just having this big discussion and we're arguing we're trying to argue something and it just turned into a heated match and it turns out your brother and i were right and everyone else was still right but so were we but there was no there was no leeway to say okay well no, like, yeah. it, it turned into a big fight and i'm like ah there is no possibility of you guys being right in no. the moment in the it moment, was just like was no just you, like, guys, are no, you guys are automatically wrong. wrong yeah and it turns out no we were right might have been right for the same reasons like i, I don't know if we, him and i shared the same reasons but our math was still ended to be the right one and right i was pretty happy about that <laughs> i like being right it happens once in a while and i, I do i do I, I try not to uh let it show too much but at the same time I'm happy that it happens. All right. So we got down south, stayed at a friend's place. They even lent us a car. Like just. Yes. Okay. <gasps> for context though, um, I used to live in Chilliwack before we moved up here mm -hmm. and we moved away when I was nine. And this friend that we stayed with, I have known her since grade one. So like a long six time. years old. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. She's a great friend. Um, and we don't constantly talk to each other, but we can just pick up where we left off. Yeah. And so it was like totally no big deal for us to just, I mean, I gave her notice. 
Yeah. I didn't just like knock on her door. Because <laughs> that's what I do when I'm down there for the weekend. I'm like, hey, guess who's in town? <laughs> and but, I just um, go for dinner and I, I raid the fridge for beer. <laughs> yes, he did. I always do it. But Actually, I always she did give you permission. Yes. So. So we went there and they were like, hey, we got an extra car you can use. We're not going to be using it this day. And it was a On huge funeral blessing. day, it was much easier than having to. Because the, the houses um, there are not like here. Like if you're in some of the mountain homes, they are just like a roller coaster. And yeah, her house is on a hill, so it's just windy to get in, windy to get out. And it's not really conducive to owning a heavy bike. Yeah. I, I'm sure I would have done a lot better on my bike on those little hills. But yeah, we would have wasted a lot more fuel, I'll tell you that. That thing was so good on fuel. Well, better than mine anyways. Yeah. So yeah, we had a really good time with them. Uh, got to spend some time with your grandparents. I got to go to White Rock. I've never been to White Rock. With my nana. With your nana. And uh, yeah, it was such a good time just walking around. Well, we went to White Rock for dinner in honor of my grandfather's birthday. Yeah, it would have been his birthday. He would have been 82. Yeah, so. And so we went to White Rock and we watched the sunset while we were waiting and eating dinner. And I thought, I mean, I hadn't been to White Rock since I was a kid, but I remembered... I'm quite sure I remember it being a smaller rock and maybe they upgraded. I'm not sure. I have to look into it. I've heard about them. And You've I remember heard that they may have upgraded. I remember the rock being kind of slightly squishy. Like they had just layered, pa- layered more paint. layers of paint on it. Yeah. But we went and saw it. Basically, I insisted, Mike, you can't come to White Rock and then not have ever actually been to the rock. Like, yeah, you got to say you've done it. So, um, and not only did I do that, but I climbed it. Yes. Someone had put some big logs of driftwood leaning up against it. So he climbed up, up them. Yeah. And then I uh, proceeded to fall off. <laughs> yeah. He was starting to slip. Yeah. And I'd rather do so a control fall. And yeah. <laughs> but then we walked the pier too, which it actually said it was Canada's, Canada's longest pier. Yeah. So that was cool. We didn't know that. Yep. So we read the signs and just walked the, walked the walk and. Yeah, watched the sunset, ate some delicious food. Um, we're not going to say where because uh, we don't get paid. So, <laughs> if you are in White Rock and you want to sponsor this, go ahead and throw money at me, and I'll say it was your restaurant and it was the greatest one ever. All right, so we did that. Spent time with family. Um, your family was giving us a hard time because you were fatigued on the bike, and they were very concerned. Now. Yeah, one of my sisters was convinced that we should drive my parents' car back home and my dad could take the bike back. Yeah. Um, And I wasn't having it because I'm pretty stubborn when I want to be. I mean, (laughs) me and my siblings can all be pretty stubborn in our own ways, but as my mother said, it's not like you've never ridden a bike before, Amanda. I said, oh, I know, Mom. I know. (laughs) So... We still rode home. So I actually, I gave Amanda every single out. Like, it's not that I didn't want to, but I know how tiring it could be on a motorcycle for that long. And then to do an event, like we had a friend get married last summer and she's like, we could take the bike. I'm like, I will be dog tired because we are pretty much doing this, having the wedding, going and then coming back like to, like the next day. And this one, oh, we that spent was earlier, a, the, yeah, earlier, earlier this the summer, summer that one, where yeah. this one, we were getting there a day early and leaving a day, uh, two days after. Uh, or the, we took a day off and then left the day after. So 
yeah, it wasn't going to be a turn and burn like the wedding, like some of the stuff that we've done in the past. So I gave Amanda every single out. I'm like, we sure we could take a vehicle, look no, at the weather. I wouldn't say every single out. You weren't making excuses why we couldn't. I was you trying not to. You just gave me multiple opportunities to be able to say I would rather go in the car. Yes. And Amanda insisted very much. She is badass in that, that way. That makes me sound really bossy. I not, insisted. No, not bossy, but um, headstrong. <laughs> you said what you said and you're going to stick with it. I appreciate right. it. I still think it makes me sound more stubborn than I was <laughs> in the moment. I was just didn't change my mind. I didn't falter. No. And and I appreciate that because you, your yes was yes and your no was uh, it's good. And uh, uh, it made me step up because honestly, I would have pushed out. I would have been like, can we please take the car? Oh, now you tell me. Oh, yeah. I was I was that's why I was giving you as many outs because. Man, I knew I was going to be tired. I knew it would be more comfortable and I could make better time Heaven in the car. Heaven forbid you're the one that's like, I'd rather go in the car. Yeah, and that. <laughs> but I did. I also told, I asked him too, because I knew his back had been bugging him. I'm like, is your back honestly too sore for you to be able to ride home? And he's like, no, it's fine. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Yeah. And I, because I can't lie, even, even if it would be beneficial to my mental health, I cannot lie and be like, no, I'm too sore. And, and. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm like, no, my back is fine. And my back was fine. It's The problem is I have no ass. So it was constantly sore. There's no cushion. No cushion for any pushing. Actually, on the way home. Uh, what? You can go ahead. <laughs> You've heard that saying. <laughs> I don't think I have. More cushion for the pushing? Never? No? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> there would be times, though, when he'd be stretching and wiggling, and I'm like, oh, his butt's really sore. So a couple times I tried to reach <laughs> forward and massage his <laughs> cheeks for him. <laughs> and but hey, like, it helped. It does. Any any movement that's not uh, sitting on a board Anything is that great. just changes up the feeling, right? Yeah. Allows the blood to circulate. So... Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that don't get to ride on the back of a motorcycle, even ride a motorcycle. So you don't ride a motorcycle, but you ride on the back a lot. I have no desire to ride my own motorcycle. No, because I, I like have being tried. You. I have tried to convince you to get even a scooter because I feel like if I got her a scooter, that would give some kind of headway into something else later. And she just, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay, but context to that too. I think everything should have context <laughs> for those that don't know me. Which I, is good because we need, need background. We need to drag this out. <laughs> no, we don't need to drag it out. But um, I didn't drive like a regular vehicle for a long time. For anyone that lives in BC, you get your L when you're 16 and you have to have your L for like two years before you can take your N, which is novice or new driver. Um, novice? Now I, novice, yeah. You said D novice. I'm notorious for saying things wrong. <laughs> um, I own it. It's all yeah. right. So Amanda had so, her L. Hey, don't. Oh, go ahead. It's my story. <laughs> so I've had my L. I had my L like 10 times. And not because I failed the driving test, but because I hated driving so much and had so much fear around it that I just didn't even practice driving enough to be comfortable to be able to pass the driving test. So after three kids... Um, was it after our fourth was born or when, uh, while I was no, pregnant? No, 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 while you were pregnant. And, um. Because you were very I've, emotional. 
I finally got my N. So now I can drive. And so for a long time, my whole excuse about not riding, having my own bike is it's like, okay, no, I need to learn to drive four wheels first. Yeah. And now I can drive four wheels. And I can honestly say, I don't really have, I'm, I mean, maybe I'd get a scooter, but when you have four kids, like, what are you going to do on a scooter? Like, I'm going to go to Starbucks by myself and have a little scoot. Like, I can't even buy a bag of groceries and put it on a little scooter. The Honda Ruckus could do that. But even then, like you said, for how many times you'd use it for the season that we have here in Fort St. John, you'd use the van. And it's not very often that I'd only need one bag of groceries anyways. Yeah. So... Yeah, it, it, it's not uh, it's not I- ideal at this that. stage in life. Yeah, I don't I just don't see the point. So, um, yeah. So, where was I going with that? Okay, so coming home. There's no no no. We've oh. already come home and oh we saw oh giant grizzly it dropped bear. down to three. Oh, we definitely saw a grizzly on the way home. Huge. Was it, we were in the pine pass. Yeah, and Mike pointed it out right when we were going past it, and it was literally right in the ditch. Like right next to the road, like to our right. I don't know, ten feet and away. And I looked I back say. as back as I could on a bike going whatever speed we were going, um, and the the um, bear was already started to cross, s- starting to cross the road. So it was definitely a grizzly because it was at, it was brown, obviously, and it was at least minimum double the size of the black bears we had seen on the way down. Yeah. So that was kind of cool to realize, like, oh, like. That bear probably could have like reached its arm and swiped us. Oh yeah, out and swiped us. It was it was big. But you know, in the moment. And that's just one of the dangers of being on a bike. And there's a lot of people that say, oh, "How how do you let your husband ride a motorcycle? How do you ride on the back of a motorcycle?" And and for everyone giving us a hard time about um, Amanda wanting to ride even though she was so tired, I say her life insurance is just as good as mine. So don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't think you should tell the world. I might have to watch my back. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not worried about that. They have to get through me and you and yeah. Um, so wh- I think life- what, what gives you so much peace about me being on a bike? Like they, they are hyper dangerous. We know multiple people that have died and, and you don't like the idea of talking. You don't like talking about death. I don't Devin like talking talk about, about death, but Everything you do in life takes risk. And some people even like, oh, how do you, back when Mike was in a motorcycle club and doing ministry that was bike related, I had the same question. I would have people say, how do you let him ride and go do that stuff? But when we met, he was already wrestling and doing MMA. So it's just a switch from one to another. But in my mind, the risk is potentially the same. There are different safety features right like in bc in canada it's mandatory to wear a helmet it's not an option it's illegal not to wear a helmet yeah and so that's a safety feature when you're going really fast or whatever like yes it's optional but like there's leathers right yeah you should never wear flip-flops when you ride especially if you're going (laughs) a long a long distance every you're gonna wear proper riding boots so there's all these different safety precautions but like everybody's gonna die at some point yeah Everybody. Yeah. We, of course, don't know what that timeline is. They could die tomorrow. They could die in 50 years. But you can't stop living your life just so that you can be comfortable all the time. And sometimes that's risks that are, like, you know, completely not safety-related. Like, um, 
I don't know, like financial or whatever, different goals that people have and pushing themselves in that regard. But physically, I think, you know, I actually saw a video probably on Facebook just the other day. And it was this lady that was probably in a care home and she wasn't like skin and bones, but she was frail and elderly. And she was like 87 or something. And she was in a wheelchair. And um, they, uh, she used to ski. And she said, oh, my dream was I've always wanted to ski one last time. So they did it. They put her in like a, you know, like a triple ski, like wheelchair thing. And they geared her up in all her snow gear. And she was like practically crying going down the hill. And she was like, I've like this was the best it was so fun blah 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 That's crazy. but she used to do it like i'm quite sure it was you know as a sport like she won that was her thing like, that was, that her was thing. what she did right and so she said like i pushed my body hard when i was younger and i'm paying for it now but she's like it was worth it yeah so i think you know she wasn't afraid to live then and so in the end you know She's, she took risks and it still paid off and she was able to do something cool when she yeah. was old too. And she had a story, right? And a lot of people, yeah. they don't have that. A lot of people don't. The craziest thing they do is um, invest in crypto. and <laughs> Or like struggle hard to work up the corporate ladder. But Yeah, and that's the most dangerous thing they ever did. And it's it's unfortunate, but hey, if that's... As, that's your comfort level. That's your comfort level. But don't rip on somebody else who's going a little further. We I got friends that skydive, uh, friends that do cage fighting, friends that do a little bit of everything. And I've got friends that don't do any of it. And it's, hey, whatever your risk level, have at her. But don't be going around criticizing people for having a little bit bigger of a box. And yeah, so. But it is like, you know, it's just like a toddler learning to like, walk and climb on a playground like they don't just they're not just cooing in your arms one minute and then going on the playground the next like yeah there's still processes and steps i didn't ride with you when you first learned to ride no no and i I know people that do ride quite early with their significant other and i i don't recommend that they have been prone to accidents yeah and and especially new riders uh, you get so many little things that could go wrong and they turn into big big things because there are no small accidents on a motorcycle. You have a small accident, you are hyper-blessed. Because they just, they can get really south really quick. They're oh, unbelievable. The fact that they're legal just blows me away still. That what's legal? Riding a motorcycle. Oh, it yeah. It blows me away. As I, I actually was singing that on the way home. I'm like. How are we allowed to do this? I just had a brainwave of like. <laughs> in a hyper-nanny state government. I think we were government. passing a vehicle and I was like we're not wearing seatbelts. Like in my head, I'm like, that's actually kind of crazy to think that we can just yeah. sit on this thing. Yep. And there's no, there's, there's I mean, no, yes, there's, there's like there's I said no before, there net. are no. other safety features of riding, like helmets and leathers and things like that. But, yeah. but the ability to just lose your balance and fall off and yep. like just roll out of the vehicle, there's no airbags, there's no seatbelt. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, it's 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 <laughs> it's awesome. The people ask me, well, I always tell them my one regret is that I didn't start riding sooner. Like I wish I would have started riding sooner, but there's no way to, you know, get yourself in that circle. Well, there was, but I obviously didn't want it enough. 
And so when given the opportunity, stepping up and doing it was such a great choice for me. But you're also like, you're not even 40. Some people don't ride until their 40s or 50s or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Also, though, I'm not like, I'm not so naive about the risks that I never think about them either. Yeah. Like, I will be riding with you and being like, we could tip over and crash Mm -hmm. right now. Like that. That freak that crosses my mind probably at least once every time I'm riding. No. But you can't dwell on that fear and then get over. Especially when you have no control over it. On the back? No. <laughs> well, exactly. It's 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 one of those things of this is something you have zero. You ever hear people say have a, a safe flight? Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. I I was like I'm I'm pretty sure it's not up to me. <laughs> There's nothing I can do to make this a safe flight. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it was like, hey, have a, a great trip. That's the best you could do is say have a great trip. But even that's not 100% up to you except for your attitude. Your attitude is what makes it great. So, um, yeah, it was a good trip. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad we did it. And even though we left at 6 degrees and we came home, I was I was hoping that I could say we left at 6 and came back at 6. Uh, degree weather no we came back colder. no i think yeah well we had bouts of three coming home three degrees celsius yeah. but um i think coming into town it was up to eight when we oh was it rolled in yeah <sighs> almost Good but enough. it did freeze that night like we were home already but like i came home and we saw the kids and everything and i had to go pick my tomatoes because they were green but i knew it was gonna freeze in the night yeah so it just turned into a really great trip it was a lot of fun but it was beautiful and scenic and the animals stayed off the road while we were on the road yeah so it was safe it was as safe as it could have been i don't think we could have asked for a better trip like there was a couple things i could have done better like i don't know paste out my uh pain pills a little bit but like just took them sooner i mean not not more of them just right. took them sooner but a little more preventatively instead of like i'm in agony oh maybe i'll take some medicine for that <laughs> yeah and then having to ride 45 minutes for it to kick in um but it was better on the way home right you were less oh yeah. Sore. yeah i was i was far less sore because well my back had had time to recover and we rested and oh we got a good night's sleep last night uh nothing against our friends that we stayed at but their kids were up early and watching youtube and we heard it that's all I'm like, oh, I can't sleep through it because I'm thinking of my kids now. <laughs> really? I was not thinking of the kids when I No, I do. When I heard them. I did. I'm like, my kids watch this kind of stuff. Oh, it's oh, yeah. so annoying. <laughs> For the record, everybody, when Mike and I go away without the kids, he's the first one of the two of us to say he misses the kids. Oh, yeah. Every time. Every single time. I didn't say it this time, though. I did not um, say it. No. But you're saying it now. I am saying it now. <laughs> I can say it post facto. Uh, there was one baby, though, that I wanted to hold so bad. I love babies. They're just so adorable and cute, and you can hold on to them, and uh, they're just great. <laughs> and somebody had a baby there, and I really wanted to uh, hold it. But uh, At the funeral. At the funeral. And But Mike told them he wanted to hold the baby right when they were about to leave, and the oh, baby yeah. was sleeping in Mama's arms. Well, the arms. baby was always sleeping. The baby was sleeping the whole time. Every um, time I looked over, that baby was asleep. I would say asleep. of like the refreshments after, but I think he was awake during. Well, yeah, I'm gonna go to. I could go to her. I'm like, yeah, I know we're at a funeral, but can I hold your baby right now? <laughs> well, it was a relative, so you could have. No, no. You didn't know her. I don't know her that well. Like I think I've met her once, but. Um, so yeah, 
so changing gears a little bit, the podcast. I've always done something. When we first met, um, I was what was I doing when we very first met before we dated? I was cage, but I was I was. You were wrestling. You had wrestling. a couple tournaments, and you were actively going every week. Yeah, I was very active in the MMA community here in Fort St. John. And then when we got married, or when we were dating and got married, I was still cage fighting and doing that. Not 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 as much as I could have. I understand that. That's probably why I was never as great as I could be if I had focused more. But um, uh, and then well, we didn't really have the resources. Like we were both working prior to kids, but we didn't really have the resources for you to spend lots of time at a gym or whatever. That's true. Yeah, some and people. And I would I limited you in that way just because I was like no boundaries and yeah. And and you need to have that kind of devotion. You need somebody on the same page that shares it. And I die. I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't have that killer instinct. I can control myself and do all that stuff. But the whole, I just want to go kill a person. I don't. I don't think I had that for the cage. Um, no. So yeah, cage fighting, and then getting onto a motorcycle, and then getting into motorcycle club, and now being out of it, and the podcast. I don't listen to my podcast very often because I hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> and and you listen to a couple episodes and uh, it's not what you thought it was going to be. No, I think it's like one and a half episodes that I've one listened and a, to one or and something half. like that. Yeah. yeah. I listened to the one about camping. Yes. The shorterish one about depression. Oh, yeah. Uh, depressed Try Jesus. Yeah, and oh, I did start the one, the cult one. The cults, okay. But I don't even I don't have my phone down here, so I don't know how far I got on it. Yeah. And the so, problem is, your very first one. Oh yeah. Oh, I've listened to maybe half of the first one. Yeah. So the very first episode, I knew I knew he was gonna say it, but he said, "If you listen to this around your kids, you're a bad parent." <laughs> now I'm not gonna let my husband decide whether or not I'm a bad parent. Yeah, you're gonna do that on your own. Because I already know I'm the better parent here. <laughs> she is. When I when I tell people I'm like, this is my better half, she's much better of a person than I am. And they defend me. They're like, You're not that bad. I'm like, No, I think very highly of myself. I am very awesome. I know so I've you, heard you say that. <laughs> so you know how highly I think of this person. <laughs> like I joke like this, but like I don't actually critique him like that in real life. I don't know. yeah you're very subtle about it um now i i realize that no about like being the better parent oh yeah no you know (laughs) we love our kids equally and uh we do our best to raise them uh with a lot of grace and mercy but i struggle sometimes because i think it's because i see myself in them and what i was and I'm like, man, I want I want better for you. I want you to be better than me. And I have this higher expectation for them. And so I lose my patience because I lose my patience with myself. And so. I lose my patience with them a lot too. But you don't see it during the day. No, because I'm not home. I'm out working. And you just don't see it. Um, okay, so we went on a tangent there. Yeah, they're good. Tangents are good. They're great. They help people learn about us. And so. Uh, yeah, cage fighting, motorcycle club, now podcasting. Right. Uh, what did you think it was going to be like for Devin and I to get together and talk and drink bourbon and do it? Or 
Did you just like say, hey, this is you, have fun? Um, okay, well, you had talked about doing this for a while. Yeah. And I was the one who finally said, you know, if you really want to record a podcast, you know, the way our basement's set up, I'm like, you could put a wall in this spot and make that a room and you could record in there. Now I have to go into that room to like do laundry and get like under the stairs where we kind of keep like pantry goods. But like that's not a big deal to just go through an extra door. And obviously you're not recording constantly like all the time. Yeah, I'm not a content But I was the one that was like, just put up a wall and start recording with what you have because you you have to start somewhere. I never saw that as as an option, making a room in the basement. I just... I was like, oh, I got to use what the space I have, use the space I have. And then you're like, no, put a wall up. This like, is the space we have. Though. I know, but I didn't think of putting a wall up. I wasn't going to sacrifice a kid's room. No. Or something like that. But isolating the kids into their bedrooms, hoping that they're going to fall asleep early enough that I can do a podcast in the open space that we had. Uh, I was like, ah, oh, it's not going right. to work. So the way it goes now that is that typically they don't start recording till like after 8 p.m. because that's when the kids are going to bed anyways. Yeah. And so sometimes they're they're awake still when they start recording, but Yeah. Which for is, the most part you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, well, the wall is super phenomenal. Devin and I worked on this wall and made it into what it is and it's 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 pretty good. Um it kills a lot of sound. I don't think that I've heard some podcasts and they are just so echoey. They're really hard to get past when you when all you hear around you is the echoes and the sounds. And I know you're hearing a little bit of it now, but in post editing, uh, when we dumb it down from what it is to an MP3, you lose a lot of the background noise. So it's kind of nice. Oh yeah. Okay. So from what I've listened to, I feel like the content is pretty good. I get distracted by how much you guys swear. Yeah. Because he doesn't talk like that in real life when he's around. I mean, not anytime I'm around or I see you interacting with other people in my presence. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you let different words out, but not as often as what I've heard on your podcast. And sometimes you get, you guys get rampy on your tangents. And so then it seems to lose focus, which if you were super focused, you could probably cut some of your podcasts almost in half. Yes, probably, but then you'd lose out on the gloriousness that is the blue collar. Like that's the part of the, that's the blue collar part of the blue collar philosophers. It's the just the letting the unprofessional <laughs> just tangents and just pathways and saying, "Hey, uh, I've heard somebody say if you go down a rabbit hole, at least catch a ca- catch a rabbit." And so I think we do sometimes. Sometimes we get the we we go on these trains of thoughts and we actually come back with something like. This one in particular that we're doing right now. We're not talking about that. We're talking about what can happen when you follow a path that you never intended to take. And it can be a lot of fun. And yes, I don't speak the same way around my children and you and a lot of people. And it made me think a lot about um, self-censorship and stuff like that. And I know Devin and I want to do an entire episode on that. Because he doesn't speak this way around his father. around Well, sometimes around his dad. But around his wife, around his mom, around his kids and all this stuff. And so I don't do it. He doesn't do it. I don't speak this way in front of my mother and father, even though uh, I'll say some words in front of my mother and father that they're like, oh, why'd you use that word? And I'm like, because you're going to remember this, what I said. And we'll go on that another day because this will be one of the few episodes that I get to share with my mother. Except you've dropped the word 
ass all the time. Yes. Ass. Which I don't I guess, feel like, like that's like a bad one. No, but as far as like ratings on a podcast, like some people would still give that a E for explicit. I mean, yeah. I guess that's not like super explicit, but. And that's where I think I, I um, divert from a lot of modern standards because I really do feel like corporate corporate media has tried to take over the podcast area because there's so many corporate podcasts and I wish I would have gone into this at least one year if not two years earlier because uh, there was so much less out there and now every single like CBC, CTV, Global, uh, every single... They all have podcasts oh, too? Oh, so many. Un oh, they're, man. they're just cluttering the space. They're just flooding it with their same old garbage. Like if you want to listen to CBC radio, just listen to CBC radio. You don't need to get it on podcast as well. Leave it alone. Uh, they're, but this you was know, supposed for to be people the who work jobs and listen to podcasts like you do, yeah. then I guess that's easier. Yeah. It, it can be easier, easier, but you can also listen to CBC radio. You can have it literally playing overhead. You can have it. It's public and it's safe. That's the thing with CBC radio. This podcast is not safe. We are the least marketable podcast. I'm even working on a commercial in my head, like how to market us uh, without, and I'll be like, this is the only how one i How to make doing. the monies. How to make the monies. Uh, so more people listen and maybe get a corporate sponsor, but not a big one, but you know, somebody small, somebody who just sees what we're doing is like, hey, I love what you're doing. I know I'll never make a dime off of it, but I would love to uh, to, to help you guys or to be part of this and, and you just give me a shout out once in a while. Do you need another drink? Um, no, it's, I still have a mouthful, but I was going to say I'm drinking Moosehead and Mike's making, drinking Stella. So, <laughs> you know, we would take sponsorship for either of those. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, some kind of beer sponsor. I highly doubt anyone from Moosehead is going to be listening to this podcast and be like, oh, yeah, those small potatoes, that couple that was chatting. Yeah. So beer would be great. Whiskey, um, bourbons. We, As you guys know, I love beer because beer is one of those things that you can sit here and drink. It makes me a little burpy, but yeah, you guys don't mind yet yet uh but like i was saying they're, they're filling up the corporate space and just taking over and it really sucks like i just i'm so frustrated because uh, it's so safe and i don't want to be safe but at the same time because we don't talk about popular ideas people aren't going to agree with us in that regard this is um a certain level of risk too yeah not physical but possible financial mental, emotional mental, yeah because oh, as a conservative, we... I wouldn't say it's financial risk because I haven't let you like really deck out the no, studio No, I'm talking about people saying be. that was a hate crime. I'm going to sue you for saying this. That's the financial risk. Sue us for what? I know, exactly. <laughs> we have nothing worth suing. You want my, my $2,000 more? <laughs> yeah, we are uh, financially Our 1970s worthless. vintage trailer in the back. That's like, right. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's a lot of things going on that, that this doesn't take a whole lot. But mentally, yes, people could dogpile. They could listen to what we're saying and say. And, I and think judge you on it. That's something you worry about is you don't know anything about these topics. Why are you talking about them? Because Devin and I will talk about something that we've just kind of thought about on our own where 
if I want to bring a topic up with you, you're like, no, I need to study it and understand it. And Devin and I are like, we don't need to understand it at all. There have been multiple times too where you're, I'm like, oh, what are you guys going to record on your podcast tonight? And he's like, oh, we're going to talk about this. I'm like, don't you think you should research that a little bit first (laughs) instead of just getting your opinion based off of listening to two or three other podcasters that... Um, already talked about it, like Ben Shapiro and well, Jordan Peterson thing. and whatever else. Like okay, I, Joe I Rogan. A, I have a hyper Jordan Peterson influence on me where Devin has actually gone out of his way to not listen to more podcasts. He actually cut out a lot of podcasts so that he's not influenced, that he can give some more genuine thought. But, but that's like, just more recently, right? Yeah. But we've, yeah, we kind of just kind of go on what we know and what we've learned and we, the thing is we don't agree with every single person we listen to i don't agree with everything jordan peterson says i don't agree with everything ben Sh- i was even telling somebody listening to ben shapiro is very abrasive and it's hard to listen to sometimes because he's so he's like sandpaper and 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 oh, yeah. sometimes you don't want that sometimes you just need a guy to 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 talk with and hang out and yeah challenge your ideas but not not just grit against you constantly but iron yeah. sharpens iron, right? And sometimes that whole saying, iron sharpens iron, that's it's a biblical. That's, it's biblical and it's violent. It's never it's never fun. Ironing sharpening iron is a, right. a, it's a not violent like, act. As water flows over the rocks, it smooths them. Yeah, no, it, it destroys it. <laughs> uh, uh, can you pass me my second beer? I can do that. You just got to talk for a minute. Yeah, so... Yeah, sometimes I think you should research more and sometimes I'm like super distracted by how much you swear. But when you guys swear a little less and it gets a bit more meaningful, like I noticed that with the depression episode, like it felt like the first bit you were trying to, you were kind of amped and trying to get into it. And so then more colorful language was coming out. But then when you guys got to the nitty gritty and that wasn't even a long podcast. No, it was a very short one. um, I think we did too that night. It did get it felt like the quality was higher because well the i think the conversation felt a bit more purposeful and then i think like you know later on in the same one you got a bit on a ramble and a tangent again but then you still brought it back around so yeah. what i've listened to isn't bad yeah we just enjoy, yeah i think we just really enjoy our time and and ranting and talking to each other in that way and we do have people yeah go ahead i was just going to get the true sound versus the canned version earlier Oh, I hope you guys heard the suds. I heard them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, there are some people who love the unpolished stuff that we do because they're like, oh, you guys think like I do. <laughs> and I don't want to just be supporting guys who think the way I do because if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I enjoy talking to people that are, uh, that challenge me and my ideas. And that's what I think Devin does really well because he doesn't agree with me and I don't agree with him. Some people say we share the same brain cell and I disagree. Which is funny, yeah, because I tend to think, oh, if they're podcasting, they pretty much agree on the majority of what they're talking about, which I realize isn't the case. No. But yeah, like I understand that you guys talking the way you talk, like a lot of it is very conversational and that's how you would talk upstairs in the living room. Yeah. Right. With another friend added, you talk over each other and you interrupt each other, yeah. but you're still, it does make you relatable. It's it's not so showy, right? Some people are right. very showy in the way that like they change their entire demeanor of how they talk to somebody just based on 
who they're trying to impress and we're like no we're not here to impress anybody or they have notebooks and so they're kind of reading a script almost yeah oh yeah <laughs> but there's no notebooks down here they, they, i mean there might be one you're, but you you're not talking you're not talking to a person you're talking to an idea and that's where i'm like i don't want to be that guy that you're just talking to an idea and something i was like i don't care what you have to say i'm just going to talk over you and talk through you and like no i want to have a conversation and if i disagree we can disagree and if we agree great or find common ground that's why i love having will smith on we don't agree on a lot of things, but as a person, I like him. He's a good guy, and we can agree to disagree, and, and we're fine. But I always find if you're actually sitting in front of somebody, you can have a real conversation. It's, it's not yeah. dialogue, it's, or it's not, it's not, it's not text-based, and text-based conversations are not conversations. I really believe that. Well, you miss out on the tone and... Yeah, the personal... The, the inflection and all those types of fancy words. Hmm. Do you ever think that that's why um, the uh, verbal tradition passed down from the Hebrews and a lot of other cultures when they they did a lot of verbal passing down? So when they told a story, they would they would tell the story verbatim the way that they were told it to give the same tone from generation to generation, they still do it where they read a text and they do it verbally out loud. And for a long time, most tradition was passed down verbally. Do you think that's part of where it could come from, that they just see the value in actually having a person tell it to you as opposed to you just reading it in, te in text form? Oh, absolutely. Because you get so much more out of it. Well, yeah, if you think about even... Okay, well, I had multiple thoughts going through my mind. Yeah. My first thought was, that's why now things have to be sounded out phonetically because, you know, as English speakers, we think English is the number one language, <laughs> but it's not like the first language and it's not even spoken by, by the majority of people um, in the world. But yeah. like in China, I've been to China and they're a very tonal language. So... Um, I won't give an example, but basically every sound has like six different tones. So that could be six different words and you're basically putting two letters t together. But the way the tone in which you say it means different things. <laughs> and so it's harder to, I'm sure by reading it, they understand. But as an English speaker, I don't understand. Yep. But um, even just for the full effect, um, it just came to mind like the thought of like, um, campfire stories when you're camping. Yeah. Now, I didn't do girl guides or anything like that, but I still, like, you know, I did, like, leadership in middle school, and I had an outdoor rec class in high school, and those, both of those electives had... Um, Some camping level. Had a camping trip. And so what do you do, at, like, as a youth or as a kid or as a teenager or whatever... You tell stories around the campfire. Now, mm -hmm. if someone just handed out a printout of those stories, yeah, you'd get to the end of the story. But is it going to get the same effect? And are, are you going to be like full of suspense one minute and like laughing your head off the next? And like, is it going to have the same feeling if everyone just reads the paper at the same time? Not at all. No. They're, 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 right? and, that, and that's why storytelling is so essential to our culture. And it, is, it has been for generations upon generations. You look at the stories. People love being having stories told to them. That's why movies are so huge. Books are huge. Um, just like having people love a good story. If you can write it down well. And I think 
that's where a lot of our generations have lacked is the ability to infer text in the most eff- effective way. But we have very, we've done very good at inferring it directly, like talking directly to people. And yeah, sometimes there, there are things that you could say that have some deeper meaning or haven't been well polished or thought out. Uh, look at uh, Joel Steen's a good example of a guy who has some great ideas and great thoughts, but simultaneously he's a heretic in a lot of ways. And you could be like, hey, I just agree with you here, but if you sat down with him, you could have a decent conversation. You could ha- you could talk to him. You would like, hope so. You, I would hope so. I, I assume good. I assume a lot of good faith. I always, I try to anyway. You do? Oh, yeah. Heck, we made the trip just fine. Everyone else is criticizing us even going on it. I'm like, no, we'll be fine. We'll be good. It'll be great. Yeah, and we've ridden before. Yeah. We've ridden east basically that long. Yeah. East is boring. We've okay. ridden, you know, it wasn't as far, but we've we've gone to uh, like Mackenzie. Yeah. Basically five hours and it poured and bucketed the whole entire time and we rode it yeah. that time we also were wearing rain gear but we did not have anything heated then no we didn't but it was a lot warmer then it might it not might not have been mm. heated but it was warmer yeah but it gets pretty cold once you're sopping wet yeah even with rain gear, and that we were trip soaked. was a camping trip and lots of people because they were so wet and miserable ended up getting hotel rooms but and we still tented because you love camping because i'm just that badass yes I agree. You no, you no arguments here. <laughs> I think like if I enjoyed working out, which I don't, and I didn't have the excuse of four kids, like I could totally step into a ring. <laughs> really? I'm just saying. I think I'm badass enough. Yeah. Am could- I skilled? No. Do I have the time and the patience to actually get fit enough to fight in the ring? No. I also wouldn't, I don't think I could watch you get hit in the face. I don't like vigorous exercise. No. <laughs> and I like food. Yeah. So I probably like that part of it. I couldn't, but you know, like. Yeah. The discipline that goes along with <laughs> being prepared to be punished in the face. Yeah. It hurts. It will. Okay. It does and it doesn't hurt. It does hurt technically, but it doesn't hurt as much as everyone thinks it does. I've been hit in the face a lot and yeah, it's not that bad. But at the same time, you get a headache immediately and you just got to suck it up. Uh, so, okay, where were we? Camping. Yeah, he's just a badass chick. It's a lot of fun. Um, at one point you started talking about um, changing the way you talk for different oh, people. Oh, yeah. All right. You had some bigger, fancier words. <laughs> yeah, censorship, the self-censorship part or the... Oh, yeah, uh, self-censorship, which you'll talk more about with Devin. Yeah, we're going to talk more about it with Devin, but at the same time, it did, did make me think. When maybe you, that's one of those ones that I should come in here with the two of you. We've actually thought of that. We're like, maybe we should have one of our wives, but would that change the dynamic on how we actually... It might, but maybe more people would listen because so ha- it would be toned down a little so bit. So I had this idea of doing both. So they could see it in real time. So Devin and I start the podcast and then you come in halfway into it and we watch, um, as we call, the spirit of the environment change where it's no longer just Devin and I riffing at each other and just being us. We now have to reconsider uh, the environment and it does, it changes everything. It really does. Oh yeah. Anyone who's listened to all your other ones and then listens to this one will be like, oh, it has a different tone. Yeah. And that's not even... 
necessarily the inflection in our voices the whole overall feel will be different yeah and that's why i well, that's why i use the, the language of spirit the spirit of the of the conversation right is very different and people are gonna say you're a hypocrite because you don't you don't talk consistently with your wife as you do with your friend and i'm like shut shut up <laughs> so this is how it happened everybody i was listening to mike's podcast and I was like, he's like, what do you think? And I was like, oh, well, like the content's not too bad, but you guys swear a lot. I said, I actually find it super distracting because I don't hear you talk like that in real life. I said, do you really change the way you talk so much and shelter how, like, is that how you, like, do you think in swears as much as you do when you're podcasting with Devin? And he's like, well, kind of, but not really. Like, maybe he doesn't swear as much, but his language is just as harsh or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, because I don't do that. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. I do do that. Yeah. You know, you use more, I use more polite manners uh, with elderly people. I tell less dirty jokes in front of my Nana, you know, like, <laughs> but I mean, we still let some dirty jokes fly and she laughs oh, at she them. Oh, laughs. Okay, she loves she's them. She's a great Nana. She's a sweetheart. Uh, but that's still a form of self-censorship. So... You know, if I get hurt, I might curse in my head, but the chances of it slipping out are less likely. Yeah. And I mean, I've dropped the F-bomb with Mike when I'm really mad at him or whatever. Yeah. But generally speaking, I don't think through my head with F-bombs yeah. dropping all the time when I'm mad. Yeah, where I, I may do it. I don't know. I haven't really. I Most of the time when I'm mad like that, I'm not thinking about the words I'm using. I'm trying to work through the thought of why am I so angry? <laughs> Sometimes I have been that angry before where I'm like, okay, why does this bother me so much? There's nothing in this world that should bother me as much as this does. And it does. So I actually have to work through these thoughts and I find myself walking a lot. That's probably why we don't argue too much. Because I walk like, a lot? <laughs> no, like, to that extent. It's because I am similar in that oh, I... Oh, you shut down. What? If you're really mad, you shut down. If I'm really mad, I shut down. But it's because I'm like, I know, like, this is how I feel when Mike did this. But in my head, I can also reason enough to be like, but I know that's not how he meant it. That's just how I'm receiving it. And so I kind of pre-work it out in my head and I calm myself down. Yeah. But then it makes it harder for me to talk it out with you because I've already, like... You've, you've talked already, it out myself by being like, no, like, I know that maybe I'm just really hangry or like, I know that's not what he meant by that. So, yeah. And so we do, we do this working out of our thoughts in our head. And yes, we do not speak the same. I don't speak the same way here as I do with the people like my mother, like my father, like, um, like, like I do with my brothers, like I do with the guy with Devin. I don't speak the same way with everybody because they're not prepared to talk to me like that they're not prepared to hear me they don't hear my tone they don't hear the spirit because i i've said some horrible stuff like some really bad jokes which would have in any other scenario got me punched square in the face but because of how i could say it and who i was saying it to they knew my heart and where i was coming from when i said it like this is to help you laugh a little if i can just find a like just i don't know what it is but I have this horrible ability to to take someone's tragedy, make fun of it in front of them, and then turn around and be like, 
by the way, I'm actually really sorry for your loss or for what's happened. And you know, I love you. And I just, I'm, I'm trying to make you laugh. And, and most of the time it works. I've never had it not work where well, I've said something so insensitive that they haven't laughed. And then like r- just come to the realization of why am I laughing at this? And then I go and I'm like, you, you know, I love you. And I, I, I am sorry for your loss. Or I'm sorry for how this is happening or how it's panned out. And I have the discretion to sometimes say nothing at all. Right. It's a coping mechanism, though. It really is. Just like, you know, um, my siblings and I, we love each other. But we also, like, fiercely are, like, fiercely sarcastic with each other. So sarcasm is, you know, is a sign of love. But it's cutting. It's not like a, a clever sarcasm. It's a cutting sarcasm. Because there yeah. is a difference. Because sarcasm. I mean, maybe can it's be... all the things we would say to each other if we were really wasted and yeah, we're getting in the feels or something. But yeah, so you don't speak the same to everybody. So that doesn't make you a hypocrite. It just makes you human. Nobody speaks the same way to every. If you speak the same way to your children as you do your best friend, you you haven't thought of everything. You're not right. Yeah, I I just think you're not actually being genuine. And to have genuine conversations sometimes takes, I don't know, letting your guard down, putting a cutting word. And uh, I was listening to a sermon recently, and this guy was uh, quoting scripture, and he said, uh, you'll be judged for every idle word you say. And then no less than two minutes later, he said an idle word, of, uh, uh, except for what God thinks of those people. <laughs> Just kidding. And I'm like, that's an idle word. I'm like, mm. if that's a harsh, like, if we're going to put that standard on other people, we have to put that standard on ourselves. And so how much are you saying that's unintentional? And I say a lot of jokes, not to belittle my language, but because I enjoy, I, I really do enjoy watching people laugh and making people laugh and enjoy themselves. Because, I don't know, there's something very fulfilling about that. If I can bring joy to somebody's life and make them think or make them just happy, it's good. It's probably not good sometimes, but... <laughs> Well, that's just like you were saying, like making like funny jokes about horrible tragedy, about tragedy. <laughs> um, it is a coping mechanism, like I said before, but it's also, you know, it's like, oh, like you want to change the mood. And if you can't like do something super compassionate and like yeah, um, empathetic to to really just get in the feels, you just lighten the mood. And so yeah. that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and there has been times where there's nothing you can say or do but cry and hold each other. And yeah, I've been there too because there's no words. That's sometimes the way it is. There are no words. And that's all you can say. I think the Jews (laughs) have a Hebrew saying and uh, it, it goes along the line of there are no words for this moment. And it's just this, it's this common Where did under- you hear that from? Ben Shapiro, actually. Okay. And he was actually talking about, I don't That's remember legit. what it was. He's Jewish. He is very Jewish. He's practicing. He here. wears the hat and everything. The hat? <laughs> uh, yarmulke. Right. Yes, I know what it's called. It's just funnier to call say, it the little it hat. <laughs> Anyways, and it's this common understanding of, I have no words for you in this moment, except you know I'm here for you. It's just this, 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 uh, compassionate language that that right. conveys so much ideas and that's why english really sucks is we don't have words for things like this and, I and i'm really terrible at using words to show compassion yeah you like you, you use action you use 
yeah. I will make bread <laughs> to to give and and uh, just because this is what I can do. I've made bread to show compassion. You've made food. I'm just talking about food in general. Of oh, yeah. let me cook for you. Is there anything I can do? Because sometimes cooking's a burden. It's just it's something you don't want to think about in the moment, but you know they gotta eat, right. and you don't want them just eating garbage. You want them to eat something good, and you. That's part of your lung, love language is is acts of service, and your act of service is sometimes giving of food, because yeah, people are going through something, and the last thing you need to do right now is cook, and you make yeah. good food, you really do. It's, well, I don't. Yeah, I get bored of cooking, but yeah, people don't think about food and drink when they have big feelings going on. So yeah. even if I'm not like making stuff for people, if it's like a group setting and then there's someone that needs care, yeah, I'll be. I'm often the one to be like, okay. And I, yeah, I am like an action helper person type of thing. Yeah. Like I said, my wife is much better of a person than I am. If you have a loved one die, I will make fun of you and she will make you bread. I'm not. <laughs> I don't always have time to make bread. Don't no. ma- Don't tell everyone I'm this fabulous <laughs> just, bread maker. People out there killing their grandparents just so they can get some bread. I make good brown <laughs> bread and no one in my family likes it. I don't care for brown bread. It has to be white or bust when it comes to homemade because you don't put as much sugar as the store-bought. Store-bought bread has so much sugar in it when it comes to the brown bread to actually make it edible. Otherwise, it just tastes like cardboard. No, but... Brown bread is not as good. Brown bread that I make at home is very sweet. I don't don't care. It's got like typically... I think most brown bread recipes I've ever used have either brown sugar or, or molasses. Or molasses. I know. They sweeten it up. I know. I don't care for it. I don't I don't know what it is. Like I wish too I knew. Sweet? No, I just don't know what it is. I just don't like it. This might turn into a bread argument. <laughs> Amanda's a very good baker, cook, everything. He says that, but it's still like very basic. Yeah, it's because our kids are basic. I know I'm basic. Yeah. But our kids are far more basic <laughs> than I Mike and the I children am. are basic, and so I cook basic foods, but they like them. Yeah, I'm not as basic I as I try to children. add, make them flavorful basic foods. Yeah, and Gideon's finally getting into spice. Oh, yeah, he'll put, like, dried jalapenos or whatever on stuff. Yeah, he's getting onto the spicy mayo or spicy uh, mustard and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, actually, we went to, like, a, we're homeschooling for the first time this year, and we went to this, like, hot dog roast thing, meet and greet type of deal. And he actually said... Mom, can we bring the sweet heat mustard? Because I like that kind. <laughs> and so we did, because he kind of knew there'd probably be ketchup and mustard, and that was it. Yeah. And it, that's what there was, ketchup and mustard, and we pulled out our sweet heat mustard and used that instead of the regular <laughs> yellow mustard. So he was pretty pleased with himself then. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty proud of him, but he didn't, like, go around bragging to anybody or anything. He just yeah enjoyed his dog. Speaking of heat, uh, guess what I got for Devin, everybody? Has I, I the thing is I'm talking to the abyss right now. Right. <laughs> have I hope you guys have heard of the one chip challenge. I got the chip. If you haven't, where have you been living? Yes, there is a chip you can have that will burn your face off. I have one. Devin is going to eat it. I might eat half of it. I don't know. I I don't like spice as much as he does. He claims to love it, and we're gonna put that to the test, and we're gonna make a video, and you're all gonna see it. This would this is what would be fun. So, for everyone that doesn't know, it's supposed to be, like, the hottest chip ever. It's Packy brand. Yeah. And I think they were retailing for, like, 30 bucks, but 
Even my sister got one for my brother-in-law the other day. Yeah. He because lasted five they're, minutes. They're on, they were on, they're on sale lately for like 8 to $10. And so then it's a bit more worth it for people to take the risk. And so, yeah, you're supposed to basically go as long as you possibly can without eating or drinking to reduce the yeah. heat and spice factor. So, I'm, I mean, the guys will talk more about it when they go to do it. But I think you guys should... We're gonna make. Um, we're gonna video it. It'll be video, so it might be a Facebook Live. Hey. Oh yeah, we might video and then Facebook Live. Put it in. somewhere else later. Yeah. So you guys can interact at the same time. Actually, if you're gonna do a Facebook Live, you'll need me in here to mediate. Oh yes. We'll get up there. They we can't got, we got have the their right there. long, drawn-out, convers- rambling conversations without a mediator because <sighs> It'll be, someone needs to interrupt. Them. It's going to be the worst episode of the Bukala Philosophers, but you guys will enjoy the video content because. So I think. What you should do is share the chip and go as long as you can. But I think you got to have multiple options here um, for ways to uh, for ways to help the pain and like milk. You could have cream. You could even have sour cream. Yeah. Sour cream, yogurt, yogurt. You could each have a small serving lemon juice. I would like to. I heard lemon juice is a good one. An acid. Yeah. I have no idea how an acid would neutralize a, unless it's like, you know, those people are like, oh yeah, you hop out of the hot tub into the snow. It's the greatest thing ever. No, it's horrible. But I could That's make you lie. fresh bread. Oh, fresh bread. Fresh so bread. bread would help. And then like, I wonder, I know you say sugar is not good for hot sauce because it opens the pores of your tongue or something like that. Yeah. Somebody was telling me that. But I wonder if honey would be better because it's more natural. Ooh, I don't know. And we have lots of honey. So if you do a good, if you set up the video good, then people would see what your, all your cooling down options are. Yeah. I know my brother-in-law, because they were camping and we just joined them for the day, I think he had a sip of cream or something, like their coffee cream, not like sweet stuff, but just basic coffee cream. And he was, he took a sip of that, but he was grossed out and he, he drank beer, but I've had beer (laughs) with spicy stuff. And I feel like because of the, just the right amount of sugar in it, maybe it's because. I can't remember if it, it just, was Rattler it just that I was drinking a, or just it beer. It makes but a path for all the spices I to go like further into your tongue. I feel like it heightened the spice. Yeah, it made it worse. But anyways, my brother-in-law lasted five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a paper in there that's all like, right. if, so you paper, minute, minute, if you last one minute, if you last under Under one minute, you're powerless. Like if you if you wimp out and you need to get a, something, uh, you're powerless. Next is like five and then there's... Five isn't hour. even on there. Ten minutes. No? Is it ten? You're powerful. Yeah, ten is powerful. Half hours. And like one hour, something like that is. Is uh, invincible or something like invincible, that. Invincible, yeah. So our goal is to not eat or drink anything. And uh, we're probably going to have a few people here. And we'll probably make an event of it. Make like a whole viewing party for locals? Yeah, <laughs> so we can suffer with the crowd. Um, Anyone you recorded with? That's right. So you could have Will Smith come. Ooh, I wonder. Oh, thing is, with those chips, you don't really want to split it three ways. I would love to get Will in on that if he's. <laughs> well, we could find them, but we might need a sponsor. Mm-hmm. If you want to see more people eat, do the one chip challenge. We can track down the chips. We can, we can make it away. It's not hard. It's just they're expensive, and like we've said, this is not a highly funded podcast. This is a passion project, and the problem with passion. It's not a highly it's, funded. It's not funded. It's not funded. We bought mics and headphones. 
and a um, recorder. We take it out of our milk money. <laughs> yeah, I take the food right out of my kids' mouths, and I sell it so that I can... <laughs> so No, we, we aren't actually starving over here, I promise. <laughs> no, my wife's a great cook, so we don't have to. You ever heard of nail soup? You've never heard the term nail soup? No, like, I've oh, heard. You make it, you I've make heard it, the story oh, stone? of stone soup. Oh yeah, which is way different. We way used to have different. like an audio book with an actual book, you know, and you flip the pages when you get the sound. And yeah, yeah, like that. It's the same thing, but different. Anyways, I think that's a pretty good little start. We are going to have Amanda on again, I promise, because, like I said, she's a great person. And now, y'all get to listen that or share this with people. This can be a widely shared. But this is not a true example of the blue collar philosophers. So don't go into listening to the other ones and thinking that they're going to be anything like this. There are a lot. I feel like my voice, maybe it's just, I, I feel like it's worn out from singing this weekend. Oh, you sang, you sang on the bike. Oh, yeah. You were bellowing on the bike. It was my way of staying awake. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm really tired. Hey, if I sing. I could hear you. You could. I could hear you, yeah. Sometimes when you were leaning back, I was like, is it because his butt's sore and he needs to change position or he's trying to hear me sing? <laughs> but I sang, I sang for the funeral with my siblings as well, so. Yes, you did. And you did a great job. I listened to the recording today. It is the one. Of specifically the songs. And I'm like, you can barely even hear me trying to harmonize with my siblings that sing louder than I oh, do. Oh, they just bellow though sometimes. <laughs> you heard me, Vanessa, if you're listening. Uh, if anyone who does music, you know what it's like to be in a space that's not yours or that you're not used to trying to and you guys didn't have a lot of prep time operate either. on a sound system. We had inner ears, but then we were supposed to adjust things ourselves and it was, I don't like inner ears at the best of times. Yeah. So it was quite the endeavor. It was, it was, I was thinking, what's that? Oh, you can finish. It was quite the endeavor. It was what? Oh no. It was just the whole thing. Just. I was thinking, um, for anyone that likes us, I know back when you were in the motorcycle club, people would meet me and they'd be like, oh, so you're Mike's wife. And it changed their perspective of who you were because I was so awesome. <laughs> well, no, but no, no. They said because of who you were, not just because you're awesome. I assume they meant because you're awesome, but yes. Um, because they didn't know what to expect. But people seem surprised sometimes that I'm your wife. Yes. Which I think is funny. Yeah. But um, I think it would be fun to tell about like how we met and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. We could do an episode of that. The story of us. <laughs> <laughs> but something along those lines. Something along those lines. We got to get uh, a third and fourth mic so that we can have Carissa here on as well. Because after this one, she's going to be like, I want to be on. I want to do it. <laughs> That's my impression of Carissa. <laughs> I've heard you use that voice before and she doesn't sound like that at all. Of course not. I think it's funny. <laughs> but maybe she'll listen to it now. Actually, she might listen to this one because, again, we are censored. I am censoring myself because, yeah, I just don't talk that way with my... Did somebody just want to hear me swear just for the sake of swearing? No. You want to hear part of the conversation? I don't. No, you don't. Not at all. Well, that's besides the point. But anyways, did you have fun? Yeah. Yeah. You enjoyed doing it. I mean, at first you were kind of like a hog, but. Well. Being a mic hog. <laughs> rambling on and on about our trip I, down I, south and how I long it took. I am the host. 
of this show. <laughs> it is my show. This is our first recording. This is our very My first whole thing recording. is that I was like, yeah, Mike, I would love to talk with you on your podcast, but I'm like, don't make me sound like a freaking idiot because I would not I would be pleased. I never do that. I love you. Or like, you. don't talk about something and use such big words that I'm like, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Because I do that sometimes. I will whip out a word that you've never heard and be like, where the hell did you learn that Yeah. One? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I learned it like talking with Devin or I learned it listening to Jordan Peterson. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On road trips in a vehicle, if Mike listens to a podcast in the middle, especially in the middle, it just puts me to sleep. Like, oh, yeah. Sorry, Jordan, your voice is. Jordan Peterson has a boring voice. He's very monotone. It's. Uh, very soothing. He has a lot of interesting things to say, but if I'm coming in in the middle, I'm not going to follow. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I listen to boring things. They're boring to everybody else but me. Like, I find them fascinating and other people like, oh, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> so I do like these types of conversations, but as a stay-at-home parent, I don't have adult conversation most of the day. Yeah. And so. Oh, even when I get home, Amanda wants to just talk my ear off. It takes extra <laughs> effort to have like a deeper conversation or a more adult-like conversation yeah. where I have to actually focus. Yeah. I haven't even out unwound at the end of a day and Amanda's like, I need to talk to an adult and you're here. And, I, and then you're surprised when I'm like zoning out. I'm like, He'll I'm do sorry. It, like, when, he come, when he comes home from for lunch sometimes for work, if he's working in town. Yeah. And he'll have his headphones in and he's listening to something and he's just trying to eat and go. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, not quite like that, but I'll bring up random things because I'm thinking. And then them. she and said, an and I was like, what? And she that's, was like, whoa. <laughs> that's just your lady voice, isn't it? I think so. Just like every I, every I woman's voice. Like like, I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use voices for other people. I, I, I know. I, I don't have very good impersonations. Even like reading I, stories. Like I don't. My impersonation doesn't are have all a voice. Horrible. Oh, I remember reading to the girls one time. I was reading the, the, uh, pretent- the tea party one. The fairy tea party. Okay. I don't know, one of the books, and so I was reading it in a funny voice, and they said, Dad, read it normal. So I started deadpanning, deadpan reading, like just reading it out the way that it's written. And they're like, no, not like that. I'm like, this is how you... This is how you read normal. This is how normal people read. They did not appreciate... Come to the fairy tea party and drink tea with me. Yeah. (laughs) Said the green fairy... I couldn't recall, but yes, it was a call. It was along those lines. I know those are not the words of that book. (laughs) Anyways, uh, yeah. Anyways, we should just shut this down. Uh, uh, Should I do the outro? I always do it. I have to. Do you want to do part of it? Do you want? Do you want to say the first part? No, that's the second part. Oh. Thanks for listening. God bless. Don't be a dick.
The music has been brought to us by Kirk the Riffer Wells. He is at Liquid State Audio. He is a guitarist, producer, and the mixing engineer. Thank you from Mike and Devin at the Blue Collar Philosophers. And Amanda.